We honor people. We love people. We honor God's servants. And so when you stand to your feet and you give a, a raucous living stones welcome, what we're trying to communicate to Ivan tonight is we are really, really, really glad on this Sunday night you stuck around to be with us, all right? So hop to your feet, Brother Ivan. Come on up here. And we love you, our brother. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, be seated. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Pastor, and all those kind things that I told you to say. You said so <laughs> perfectly. A couple of them you left out, but you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're going to run a, uh, another video. I, I, I didn't run the this morning's video in the second service. Just totally forgot about it. We were just flowing. So, um, but we'll probably get that one again tomorrow night as well as, as another one. But I, I want to show you our, our widows, uh, that we've, are rescuing. And, uh, these ladies are really forsaken. Uh, there's no other way to say it. They, they live on dirt. Their houses are made of corn stalk and their roofs are made of trash bags or wood or whatever they can find. And, and they're basically all alone. And uh, the Lord told me last year, last year, yeah, um, I was just talking to him and just having a conversation, as you do all day long. And I said, Lord, I'd really like to build 100 widows' houses, and they each cost about $7,500. And, um, and that's all I said. Boom. And then two or three months later, my daughter called me and said, hey, somebody just gave us the money. Holla, holla. And so uh, we finished the 100th house, and we're going on 100 and I think... 10 now, and we're trying to duplicate that again this year, another 100, but we'll show you what it is, so they'll run the video there for
Ah, aren't they beautiful? Those are beautiful, beautiful ladies. Beautiful ladies. And uh, so a lot of you have asked me um, how we do children, how we take care of them. We, we try to educate them all through graduate school. That's our goal. This coming year, this year, we're trying to, uh, we'll be building a vocational school. Uh, some of the kids want to learn a trade, and so we'll be teaching them welding and um, electrical as well to become electricians. And uh, that's going to be a beautiful um, school. Um, it's worth a lot, probably $500,000. $500, Somebody already gave us the money to do it. So uh, that's going to be a really great blessing for them. And then we're building a hospital for malnourished babies. And uh, these babies, you know, they, uh, Guatemala was, was listed by UNICEF as uh, two years ago, the number one most malnourished uh, country in the world per capita for children. Uh, and there's an area that's called the dry quarter, and they have about two million people that are literally starving to death. And so um, um, we're going to do something about that. And all of it is for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. He deserves all the glory. To God, to God be the glory. The way we take care of kids, for those of you that don't know, is you'll have a picture of a child. For example, this card here. Uh, so a person that wants to help us rescue children that says, I would like to help you rescue children. You take that card and that becomes your prayer child. Pastor says he wants to bring a team, and so I would encourage you to come. We can handle about 150, but I would encourage you to do that. So you would get this card, which the ushers have, and that card has a picture of a child. And then this card is, you would fill that card out. And basically, my goal is to get everybody fed, and we have to, above what we already have, we have to raise about 20,000 meals a month. So this month, we're almost there. We only have, I think, about 7,000 meals left. And so I travel every week all over the world, and this is what I do. Uh, this is how I do it. And, and then I just invite people, whoever wants to help. Um, in our research, we found that only 1% of Christians know the name of an orphan that they personally help. And that's very, very telling about a lot of things on where priorities are. And, you know, pure religion, that word religion actually means worship. If you look it up, that word religion is the word for worship. Pure worship is to rescue orphans and widows and to keep your life unspotted from the world. That's a pretty powerful thing. Praise the Lord. So if any of you want to help and you want to say, you know, I'd like to help you rescue children, you can come and visit them when you come with a pastor or any other time. We have trips almost every month that we take teams down there. Um, and if you would like that, the ushers have those so you can raise your hand. And while I'm speaking, they'll give you one of these cards and all that. And then you can do it however you want to do it. Praise the Lord. So they're ready if you want to. The rest of us can go to Luke chapter 10. And let's begin our ministry tonight. I, I'm, I'm going to need to get a little bit personal with you tonight in order to accomplish what the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish. Because when you're talking about the healing of a person, it's, it's very, it's very intrusive in the, in the sense that 
you have to become very transparent before the Holy Spirit, not to a person, but to the Holy Spirit. You have to open yourself up to God. You have to take those places that you've, you've kind of locked up and put those places in secret places, things that happened to you that you've never told anybody about and you buried them and you've gotten real hard about it and you're real tough about it now and you really feel like, okay, I've overcome it with this hardness and this toughness and so it doesn't affect me. But the, the very goal of a hurt or a wound, the very goal of it is to make you hard because hardness is so against the nature of God. And being indifferent is so in line with the nature of Satan. The way you know you have Satan's hand on you is that you're indifferent about things that God is very passionate about. God is very passionate about you being whole. Because he knows you can't do what he called you to do as a broken person. And you can't do what God wants you to do as a wounded person. You certainly can't do what God wants you to do when you're bleeding on the inside. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to invade your little world. We're going to go inside there and ask God to heal you. If we believe that God is real, if you believe there is a God, then there's only one kind of God you can believe in, and that is an all-powerful God, an all-knowing God, an ever-present God. You have to believe that, and if you believe that about God, then you have to also believe that he's a supernatural God. So it goes then in that line of reasoning that God is only one way. He cannot stop being who he is, and who he is is supernatural. God cannot just all of a sudden change and say, oh, no, I don't heal people now because somebody said so. Oh, no, I don't do miracles now because somebody decided to make it one of their creeds. Oh, I am awake, even though somebody decided that God is asleep. So you have to choose the God you're going to serve. You must choose the master that you want to come under. You must decide what freedoms you're going to give the God that you are believing in. So if you're smart and intelligent, you obviously don't want to cripple God. Limited God or a maimed God. You want a God that has no limitations on him and that he can freely express himself to your life. Because when you've gone through a lot of abuse and you've gone through a lot of hurt and pain, if you don't get healed, you're going to have to find alternate ways of dealing with that. And those ways are not going to make you better. They're going to make you worse because pain makes you a monster or it makes you a minister, depending on how you handle it. So tonight, as I go through these things one by one, methodically, just one by one, you have to believe today that God can do a miracle for you because, you know, you cannot function without being whole. And here's the 
the number one thing for tonight. A sick thing cannot heal a sick thing. So if you're going to, if, if God's goal for us is to become healers, that is his goal. That's why you got saved. You didn't get saved just so you could go to heaven. That's very selfish. You got saved to become a healer of broken people. That's why you're alive. That's why you're a Christian. And that's what your assignment is here on earth. You just have to find the different avenues by which it flows through you. Because it's not the same for everybody. But no matter what your life ends up being, it needs to be a, a healing life. So I want you to say this with me. Say it out loud. I was born, I was born to, be a healer, to be a healer, not to make people sick. Not to make people sick. I, am I am a hospital for the sick. For the sick. I, am I am a deliverer. I am a medicine. I am, medicine. I am a sword in the hands of God. I am a comforter, an encourager. I carry with me the light of heaven. I bless those that are cursed. I rescue those that are perishing. I rescue those that nobody wants, nobody loves, nobody sees, and nobody understands. My life matters because I have been touched by the divine plan of God, I have been adopted by God. I am his son or daughter. He is my father. And I have a destiny that goes beyond my selfish wants and needs. I am not here for myself anymore. I am here to help other people because the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. I am called to wash the feet of people, not to have my feet washed. I am here to bring hope to the hopeless and medicine to the sick and healing to the brokenhearted. This is the beginning of the rest of my real life. In Jesus' name, I will be a healer. Before I can be healed, and before I can heal, I have to be healed. So I'm going to let God do that for me. Another thought for you tonight, everybody, is this. Anything you refuse to let God heal becomes the food your children must eat. Anything you're covering up, anything that happened to you that you have never told anybody, and you think nobody knows and it's not hurting anybody, you are very mistaken. Your children inherit from you not just your personality traits, they inherit your spiritual destiny. And you want God to heal everything today. This is our healing night. We're going to concentrate on that. Tomorrow is our prophetic night with our power night. We're going to minister to lots and lots and lots and lots of people 
in the prophetic and in the words of knowledge and things like that. And we'll do some of that as well tonight. But know what I'm saying to you, that you are here in this place tonight by your choice because there's a hunger inside you to not be dysfunctional anymore. It is a very dangerous thing to be hindered. It is terrible to say, I know God called me to sing, but oh, I can't do it. Oh, I, I get sick up there. I, 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 I can't do it. Because you see, you're damaged. That's a damage. That's not normal. That's not natural. That's not who God made you. Someone damaged you. And if you don't get fixed at some point, your whole life is wasted. You'll never be able to say, I led these people to Jesus. Their whole family's going to heaven now because God anointed me to lead them to Jesus and taught me how to do it and, and showed me how to reach people. Or these people were sick. This person was dying of cancer. And, and I just prayed for him and God healed him of cancer. When, if you didn't have the courage to do it, at some point, we have to stop being cowards. At some point, we have to become sold out to God completely. Praise the Lord. We're going to read in Luke chapter 10, if you'll go there with me. And I'll just begin reading. Jesus replied and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him in verse 33, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, or he felt his pain. And he came to him, and he bandaged up his wounds. He poured in oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Praise the Lord. You've heard this story a lot of times, but this is really us. Three things happened to this person. Actually, four happened to this person. First of all, he falls into the hands of thieves. This happens as soon as you're born. You come out of there and somebody starts slapping you and abusing you. I mean, the beginning of your life is screaming and yelling from pain. And that just continues on, especially if you get into, if you're born into a predatory family. If the predators are actually your family, this is very difficult because you have to actually have predators doing things to you until you're old enough to get away from them. So 90% of our children are like that. One of our girls began to be sold at the age of four. A little child sold to grown men. Her grandmother did this. And she was sold until she was 12 when she got pregnant. At 12, she got pregnant, and then she had a cesarean. And that same day, her... Uh, grandmother got her and made her go out and work in the fields with a baby on her back two days out of a cesarean. She said she was in so much pain, she decided to end her life. And she walked and walked and walked. And then she decided to throw herself in front of a bus. 
This is her testimony. She said, I jumped in front of the bus and I felt a hand behind me, a giant wind blow me across the highway. And I landed on the other side and I just felt like I needed to walk up the road. And she said, I just walked and walked and I turned to the left and there was Casa Angelina. And she knocked on the door. And now she's studying. To be a, a pediatrician. Her little boy lives there. She lives there. She did seven years of school in three years. She's like a genius. These testimonies go on and on and on. At some point, she believed she was royalty that simply had been lost along the way. Say that to somebody next to you. You're royalty. You've just been lost along the way. She now is whole and is going to make others whole. And we have hundreds of testimonies like that all over Africa and all over Guatemala. I want you to think of your life and what you've been through. And I want you to think of how you are today and how you behave. I want you to think of how you act when you get offended. And how you act when you get angry. And how you treat people that treat you bad. And what you say to people who try to hurt you. And what you do when you know someone is gossiping about you. And I want you to ask yourself, what happens when you're tempted by lust, by a woman or a man? And what you do with your free time when no one is watching? I want you to ask what comes out of your mouth all day, all the time. And I want you to ask yourself what kind of dreams you have. God never created us to have nightmares. They are satanic prophecies. Simply trying to weave themselves into your DNA so that you can act on them. You're going to get set free today. This is a healing, freeing night. Look at somebody and say, holla, holla, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, just look at him and say, holla, holla, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> this man fell into the hands of thieves. You, were, you fell into the hands of thieves. Someone has stolen something from you. It says that the man was stripped. You were stripped of many things. People have taken from you things and stripped them from you. He was wounded. I don't know if there's anyone not wounded in this world. And then he was left and abandoned, rejected, and left for dead. And how many of us have that story? But whatever your story is tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please understand that Jesus has an agenda. And that agenda is very simple. To get you out of all your pain and make you as happy as possible make you as functional as possible, make you as useful as possible, and make you medicine in his hands. Would you look around and say, I don't know about you, but I'm turning into medicine. Say it, I'm going to become medicine. 
Say, I'm tired of being poison. I'm going to be some medicine. Please don't get offended at what I'm about to say. Because remember, the truth does hurt when you're protecting a lie. Some of you have no friends for a reason. You're a control freak. You practice witchcraft on people through guilt trips, emotional blackmail. You intimidate them. You criticize them. You find fault with them. And if nine different people in your life all believe the same bad thing about you, it's true. <laughs> They're not crazy. And you don't have to get hurt about it. You just have to decide, I will not be that person anymore. Instead of alienating everybody in the name of truth, justice, and righteousness, why don't I just be the healer that brings the family together? Why don't I become the one everybody can go to and get loved and get forgiven and be understood? Why can't I be the compassionate one instead of the judge sitting there with my gavel ready to bring honesty and truth to every situation and scatter everybody with my confrontational personality? Because that is of the devil, ladies and gentlemen. To be healed, you have to be honest and transparent or God cannot touch you. And we're talking about him touching us tonight, physically and in many other ways. So as we go down this journey, just put yourself in that position where you're going to let God heal you. Say it out loud. I'm going to let God heal me tonight. I don't want to be damaged. I don't want to learn the trade of Christianity and never walk in the nature of Christianity. Many do. It's a profession. It is not who they are. Today, your children need you to be well. They don't need a crazy mother. They don't need a crazy mother that's always freaking out at everything and getting mad at them and putting guilt trips on them and how come you never call me and how come you're never here and I'm always cooking for you and you never invite me and, and they don't even have the freedom to, to be honest with their opinion because you'll get offended and won't talk to them for days. You see, because of that kind of witchcraft, then Satan runs havoc through families, homes, and marriages. Let's drive him out tonight. Let's just decide that tonight, all that is going to leave our homes and our families and our marriages, and the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out upon us. Lift your hands and ask God to heal you tonight. You stretch your hands out to God, for those of you that may not be used to doing that, for two basic reasons. One, I surrender. And two, I already have the victory. If your team wins the Super Bowl, your hands go up. And if somebody puts a gun to your back, your hands go up. And this is why we lift them. I surrender. And I already have the victory. Say it out loud. I surrender. And I already have the victory. There are some heart issues going on right here, heart problems. There are some of you that have heart problems 
And I want you to stand quickly as the Holy Spirit just spoke that to me. And I need you to stand quickly. Every person with a heart issue, stand up quickly, really quickly respond to what I'm saying so that we can keep going. And I want you to stretch your hands out to these people right now. Because I just heard the Holy Spirit tell me to stop and pray. And this is how it will go tonight. In, in many different ways. But these people have heart problems. Somebody has a lot of, uh, I don't know what it's called, but I can hear it in my head, where the heart, you know, starts racing. You have palpitations. You have a, a heart that speeds up. And God wants to heal that. So the people that are around you, would you just stretch your hands towards them? Just stretch your hands out towards them, everybody that's standing. And those of you standing, just lift your hands. And let's pray for you to be healed by God. A simple prayer is all it takes. I don't know if you have that song on there that starts with the word praise or something like that. It's an instrumental. If you do play that, uh, as a, I want to just have that on. But I pray for your hearts now that whatever's wrong with them will simply disappear, that it'll simply go away, and that it'll never be there ever again for the rest of your lives, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Ghost. By Jesus' name, be healed in your body right now, and let the symptoms manifest immediately, and be shocked, dance around and shout, and give your testimony for what God has done for your heart tonight, in Jesus' name. Let's all praise him for a little bit, and say thank you, God. Thank you, God. So we're talking about being healed of things, and we're going to go down the row. And would you stand, sir? Yeah, with, is that your wife with you there? Would you both stand? Would you extend your hands over to this couple real quick? Uh, and I just heard a lot of things, so I'm just going to tell you. Uh, yes, God picked you from the very beginning to be married, and God also picked you from the very beginning to be a weapon in God's hands. And yes, you are amazing. And God thinks you're amazing. Heaven thinks you're amazing. Everybody in heaven thinks you're amazing. All the angels are freaking out. But... But, but 2 Kings 20 and verse 5 says, I've seen your tears and heard your prayers, and I've sent the answer ahead. And Jeremiah 33, 3, even before you lift your voice and call on me, I'm already going to answer you and make your heart flutter with joy. And 1 John 5, 14, we have confidence that if we pray according to God's will, he will hear us and then give us what we ask for. Because God is a God of answers. And you have entered the season of answers. Your season will last for nine years. Nine years of completed answered prayer over and over and over again. Some of the answers you will never recall praying for those things. God says, I'll bless you monetarily. I will bless you spiritually. I'll bless your family. I'll bless your body. And I'll bless the future. And it's going to be a bright one. Everybody say it out loud. This is your year for answered prayers. Praise the Lord. Stand up right here, brother, and you and your wife real quick. And just extend your hands. Just extend your hands over. Just extend your hands over as, you know, I'm just going to do what I do and be who I am. And it's always been a good enough for me, so I hope it's good enough for you. Praise the Lord. You know, it's kind of the way it goes, but... Um, so here's what I'm hearing the Lord say. Your harvest is tonight being 
taken to 100 times sweeter than what it was going to be. Ephesians 3.20, I will do exceedingly abundantly above everything you ask or think according to my power. I will put healing in your hands and healing in your words. I am healing the atmosphere of your family so that everywhere you go, there is an atmosphere of the healing presence of God. You as a woman will operate in the gift of healing now like you never have before. You will feel the unction to pray for people even when you're shopping. And you will get a spirit of boldness and courage. And you'll have testimonies all the time. And people will see you with strangers sitting next to you. Because the Lord's going to give you all these people that are going to get saved just by you inviting them. As a gift, God says, I'll bless all people related to you by blood. So you can be sure that everybody you love ends up in heaven, serving God and doing the will of God. Philippians 4.19, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Romans 5.17, because of the gift of grace and the gift of abundance, you shall rule and reign in this world and teach others to do the same. That's good. Praise God. So as we as we are as we are are, are are flowing in this, as we are flowing tonight, let me give you, for example, a little bit of a definition so you can put your teeth into it of what the word healing means. What does the word res restoration mean? What does the word health mean? Because the Bible, anything that we do, we can only do with permission from the Bible. So the Bible gives us permission when it does something over and over again. If it only does something once, then we have to be cautious to not make that a doctrine. But when it repeats itself over and over from the beginning to the end, we can know that this is a lifestyle for believers. So healing is from the beginning to the end. It is something all believers should experience in their personal life and that they should give away as part of their inheritance to give to the people that God brings into their lives. Praise the Lord. And so I was praying for a child and the child was blind and I prayed for the child and nothing happened. Then the next day at the next service, the mother came with the child who was completely healed of blindness 100%. And we didn't have a service. We just yelled and screamed and cried for the rest of the service. Everybody was laid out weeping and crying and no, no preaching, no nothing. I mean, I saw it and she just looked at me and I just, I freaked out. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, I get goosebumps. I just freaked out. I was in a jungle building a church and I take people with me all over the world and we build churches in uh, unreached people groups and tribes different nations and I've done that since I was 19 and you know with along with orphanages and things so we were in a jungle and we were cutting down wood and uh, the pastor who had about 10 people in his church and I'm building him a church for 500 people in 10 days and so we're working really hard and having services at night 
evangelizing. And he, he said, somebody has brought their daughter for you to pray for, and I'm covered in mud. I said, okay, well, let's go down. And the man was carrying the girl. She was born without the use of her limbs. And she'd never walked before. I said, sure, I'll just pray for her. And we prayed for her. I didn't feel any power. I didn't feel anything. I felt compassion. And, and, and so I was crying. Everybody was crying. And then the little girl began to scream. And she was saying, my legs are hurting. My legs are hurting. And uh, the father said, oh, let me take her back. I said, no, 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 no. Don't take her back. Her legs are hurting. And I said, put her down. Try to stand her up. And he just laid her down. And she stood on her feet for the first time ever. And the dad fainted and the mother fainted. <laughs> they, they, they weren't slain or nothing like that. They just fainted. I mean, they just, boom. And the little girl was like this. And then she took a step, then another step, and then everybody started fainting. I mean, people started fainting. There's no other way to say it. They'd known this girl since she was born. And she just, everybody just started freaking out. We're shouting, jumping, rejoicing. There were 800 people in that village. The father took that little girl to all the huts, and every person, all eight hundred people got saved. All eight hundred people. When we finished the church, there were 500 people inside and 800 people outside. Because you know that God is a miracle worker. Just because you've never seen it, or you've never believed it, or you've never told it, uh, been told to you, doesn't mean that you're right. Remember, God cannot stop being God just because we say he did. Praise the Lord. There are miracles in this building right now that your faith can grab. Your marriages that are in trouble, you can grab with your faith because they are like hands. and You can grab that healing for your marriage. You can take that healing for one of your children that may not be serving God. Whatever you need tonight, your heavenly father, according to Luke, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So let's begin on that word very carefully. I'm going to give you the definitions without giving you the Greek and Hebrew words and all that. Uh, you know, that's more vanity and ego than anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid that for just tonight. Um. So, but this is what the words mean. It means to bend, to mend someone by stitching. So God is going to mend you. He's going to stitch you together with the victories that he has bought. It means to pour in the cures of Calvary. It means to replace the rotting parts. It means to reverse the deadly momentum. It means to recreate something priceless out of something worthless. It means to resurrect by divine breath. And it means to surround with immunity. This is what the healings of God do. And that's what they're going to do to me and you tonight. Put your hand on your heart and say, Dear God, Stitch me together, mend me together, pour in the cures of Calvary, take out the rotting parts, reverse all deadly momentum, 
Make something priceless out of something worthless. Resurrect me with divine breath. And surround me with immunity. Praise God. Many of you will be healed and you will give testimonies for the rest of your life of what happened tonight. I'm not boasting, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not practicing. I have done this for 50 years. This is all I've ever done. I already know what's going to happen. It happens every week. It's going to happen to you. Only your unbelief can rob you. So you have got to decide, I'm believing God tonight, no matter what happens, because I've been robbed enough times, and I'm ready to have some holla holla in my life. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, I'm ready to have some holla holla in my life. Glory to Jesus. You know, God, uh, stand up living, living there. Yeah. So stretch your hands out. So God makes radical people. It's not an accident. And he makes people that are a little bit crazy because crazy is what everybody is who realizes who they are. The more you realize who you are, the more crazy you may appear, but the more fruit that you'll have. So I'm healing you of your hurts right now. I'm healing you of your wounds. I'm healing you of your love wounds. The times you tried to love and tried to get love and couldn't get it. And the times you reached out and something was taken instead of given. And every time you've been disappointed, and everything that's ever happened in your life that you can't even put into words, we heal you of that through Jesus Christ and his living power flowing to our words and flowing through our prayers. Yes, you're going to be amazing. You're going to raise up amazing people in your life. And you're going to be able to do a lot of missions work and help orphans and widows because children is your anointing. And it's the gift of God that's going to stay on your life till the day you die. Turn to somebody and say, praise God. Turn to seven or eight people around you and say, I wish Ivan had said that to me. I don't know what he's doing talking to other people about my stuff. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, that anything that you hear for someone, you have the right to claim for yourself. That's why I'm very rich in my soul because I claim everything I say to other people. <laughs> oh yeah, after tonight, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna, ooh, 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 ooh. I mean, I'll spend, I'll spend an hour just claiming everything. <laughs> I found it to be true and to manifest beautiful things. So let's begin tonight our healing journey. Remember that a sick thing cannot heal a sick thing. We start with this word, wounds, hurts, and pains. These are deformities of the soul that lead to soul cancer. If you do not get your wounds healed and your pain healed and your hurts healed, you will develop soul cancer. That means you will have a soul full of disease. And therefore, whenever you're in a relationship, you will make the people that you're in the relationship with sick. Because you have nothing healthy in your soul, everything in your soul is sick. So God has to go into your soul tonight and heal that. It says that he poured in oil and wine. Put your hands right here and say, oh God, keep the, keep the oil flowing towards me. Keep the wine coming towards me. 
because I don't want to leave here with any wounds or any hurts or any pain whatsoever. Life is pain, and loving is painful. But it is more painful to not love, because then you become a monster of hard-heartedness. Satan cannot be given permission to keep hurting you. At some point tonight, you need to put your foot down and say, I've been wounded by that person for the last time. I have been hurt by that individual's words for the last time. I receive now my healing for my wounds. A wound is a very powerful thing. It is Satan's voice living on the inside of you, talking to you all day long. So when you have a wound and don't deal with it, you leave that as a voice in you, and that voice speaks to you and then makes you bleed on the inside and spreads the disease to other parts of your actual organs of your body. So in order to get healed of, of our wounds, we must forgive those that wounded us. So put your hands on your heart tonight. This is all interactive tonight because I'm actually taking you through healing. I'm just taking you through it because this is what this service is about. Say these words, I forgive all those that have wounded me and those that have hurt me and those that bring pain to me. I now sever myself from the witchcraft connected to that person or those people. And I disconnect myself from their power to wound, their power to hurt, and their power to inflict pain. Oh Jesus, pour in your oil and wine right now to my wounds, to my hurts, and to my pains. We become the slaves of the people we refuse to forgive. Remember that while you're wounded, you're a walking sick person. And while you're hurt, you're a walking sick person. And while you're in pain, you are dangerous because people speak from their pain. How many times have you said things and when they were coming out of your mouth, you were trying to catch them as they were leaving? Because you realize, oh my gosh, how could I have said that to that person? Because you were speaking from your pain. Now, if your pain multiplies over years because it's never dealt with and it just keeps, you just keep adding pain from person to person, then you become literally a walking time bomb. Ready to explode on anybody. I was walking my dog and uh, I was a Great Dane and I was walking that dog and I kind of, he kind of got on somebody's yard. And then I heard somebody screaming and yelling, and an old gentleman came out, an old man came out, and he was cussing, he was using the F word over and over and over again. And so I pulled my dog back, and I just stood there. I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and he just came towards me. I don't know how old he must have been, maybe 70 or 80. But he was furious, and he was just cussing me out and cussing me out and cussing, and he just came this close. And I said, sir, you need to get saved right now. I said, that's why I'm here. 
That's why my dog ran on your yard. So you would come out and talk to me. I, now, I need to lead you to Jesus right now. Right now. So listen to my words. I bind all your demons, and you're going to listen to what I have to say. You see, if you don't have this kind of authority, the demons in that man would have just run over me. But I already know this because this has happened to me many times. When you're not wounded, you can't be wounded. I'm not wounded, so you can cuss me out and it won't hurt me. Because love is my armor. I love you, therefore you can't wound me. When I stop loving you and take revenge and mirror your behavior, I then become your victim. If you gossip and I gossip back, I'm your slave. If you hate me and I hate you back, you rule my life. And remember that Satan's job in America right now is to breed hate. That's his job. Why? Because he wants it in all the churches. He wants everything racial and everything divided. Why? Because he knows that there are no races in heaven. He knows that any person who hates a person for the color of their skin will go to hell. So he wants people to hate each other. But listen to my words on what God told me about that. And it cured me. One day I was hating someone. And the Lord said to me, hate makes Satan your pastor. Now, you can hate people you know. <laughs> See, you freaked out there. I've hated many people for short periods of time. They brought a little girl to the orphanage. She was still bleeding. Her father, her grandfather, she was four or five, her grandfather had opened her up with a bottle. To do you know what I mean. So I had hate. At that moment, I would have committed murder. I had to throw myself on the mercies of God. And I've done it many times now because I don't want hate to take root in my life. Wounds make you hate the person that wounded you. Hurt and pain cripple your soul and can eventually cripple your physical body. Say it out loud. I forgive those that have hurt and wounded me. Look at someone next to you and say, you really need some help tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we must be healed of trauma. Every trauma in your life makes you a coward in life. A trauma is something that happened to you suddenly and quickly and was very devastating. A, a child is molested. This is devastating, especially by a parent. This is devastating. Some people can never get over it. It's a trauma. You're in a car wreck and your body's broken. This is a trauma. Someone you love dies suddenly without warning. This is a trauma. Some people can never get over it. But you have to get healed of that trauma. Because if you don't, then you never get set free. Put your hands on your chest and say, Dear God in heaven, I receive healing now 
for all the traumas of my life. Everything that happened suddenly and without warning that devastated me. Pour in oil and wine into that part of me, God. I receive your healing now by the power of Jesus' name and by the power of the Word of God. I will not live as a victim to those traumas in my life. We must be healed, ladies and gentlemen, of bitterness. Bitterness is marinating in unforgiveness. If you refuse to forgive someone, you will become bitter. Bitter is so dangerous because it's like a virus and it spreads by touch. So though your bitterness begins with one person, once you become bitter, it then spreads to the people you love because you cannot control the bitterness because it takes over your life. It takes over your language. You start complaining every day. You start criticizing and finding fault with people all the time because you're bitter. There is no presence of God wherever someone is bitter. And bitterness is one of the most dangerous things you can allow to stay in your life. People have reasons to be bitter, but you must deal with it and get it out. Praise the Lord. I was preaching a meeting, and there was a lot of people, a couple of thousand people, and her, a lady began screaming in the back. And she just started screaming and screaming and screaming. And she was saying, I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. And I looked to see if I knew her. <laughs> Is it somebody I know? Are you, you know, I mean, are you talking about me? <laughs> I mean, it's a natural reaction. I hate him, I hate him, <laughs> looking my way. <laughs> so she was walking towards me, and ushers were flying out of their seats. I said, no, no, let her come up. And she came up, and she was there, and saying it the whole time. I hate him. I hate like that, screaming and screaming. Tears flowing down her face. And I said, ma'am, who do you hate? My father. I hate him. I hate him. And then she said what he did, you know. And uh, we have, I think, children, so i got to be careful what I say. Are the children gone? No, the children here. Uh, so so then she, she said, you know, what he had done. And, and I said, ma'am, uh, where is your father? And she said, well, he's dead. I said, well, how long has he been dead? 30 years. 30 years. This is bitterness. Bitterness will twist your bones, will even give some people arthritis. Not all of it comes that way, but a lot of people get that. Some of it is inherited, but a lot of people, that bitterness actually twists their bones because of the chemicals that are released in the body when bitterness is active inside the soul. It can actually eat the lining of your stomach. If you're bitter, we got to get rid of it right now. Praise the Lord. No bitterness is worth not being healthy. No bitterness. Put your hands on your heart. I pray for you to be healed of bitterness in the name of Jesus. I pray that that bitterness will simply leave your life right now. That in the name of Jesus, we heal the events that brought you to that bitterness. Whatever your father did to you, whatever your mother did, whatever a sister did or a brother, 
whatever a friend did, or someone at school, or as a teacher, or some employer, whatever has made you bitter, we now receive the healing of that bitterness. Let it go, Lord, like oil now inside the people. And let it heal them, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, so that bitterness can flee from them. I'm going to tell you something that's very important. God cannot heal what you conceal. He can only heal what you reveal. I need you to be honest about this. If you know there's bitterness in there, I need you to stand up right now because the Holy Ghost is really telling me to pray an extra thing over you. And I need to do this. And I need you to be real honest because it is a very dangerous thing to your health and to your children. If you're bitter, it's going to be very difficult not to spread that to different members of the family like it would spread a virus. We can't do it. We have to love our children enough to become whole. We have to love our grandchildren enough to not mess with those types of sins. So I want you to lift your hands. And I want everybody sitting down who is genuinely not bitter. If you are bitter and you're sitting down, don't do this. But if you're genuinely not bitter, I need you to spread your hands towards people around you, just like that, while I pray. God, I ask you to heal all the people that have this bitterness in their life. This is a curse, and I now break it off your family. I break it as far back as 400 years. I break it as it was passed down to you in your genes and in your DNA. I break it off of you so that it can no longer guide your life, manipulate your thoughts, or control your soul, or invest itself in your dreams, or in any way shatter your relationships, or chatter, shatter your choices. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we drive that bitterness out of you today that in the name of Jesus and by the authority of Almighty God, that you are being healed right now from that bitterness and you will treat it as an enemy from now on and you will bless those that have cursed you. And you will pray those that have tried to destroy you for it is your only salvation and it is your only way out of this trouble. Do not let the bitterness stay inside your soul. Let it come out now. Let it leave you right now in the name of Jesus. Let it go out of your body like a breath that comes out of a person's nostril. Let it leave. Let that bitterness go away forever and ever and ever. And let the love of God now take root where bitterness has taken root. Lord, I now ask you to spread the love on the people. Spread the love on the people, God, as they're being healed of bitterness and as that curse of bitterness is being broken over their life right now. Now I want you to say, I forgive those that have done this that has made you bitter. I want you to just whisper it under your breath to God and say, I forgive them, God, and say their name to God, and then I want you to bless them. I want you to say that no matter what, because to finally break that bitter curse, you must send a blessing to those that have cursed you, whether they deserve it or not. This is very, very important for you to get free. 
Send the blessing now and say it with me. I bless those that have cursed me. And I will no longer be their slave. They will not live in my mind. They will not live in my thoughts. They will not sit with me at the kitchen table. They'll not travel with me in the car. They will not be with me in my dreams. I will not dream about them. One day I will forget their name completely. Or I will simply be healed to the point where it does not matter. I will not be bitter. Sweetness will flow out of my life. Oh God, let me spread the sweet love of God, not the bitterness of life. Now I praise you. Now I thank you. Now I give you honor and praise God. Now I lift my hands and say praise be to God. Glory to God in the highest. To God Almighty be glory and honor and power and might. May his name be lifted up. I break this off my children. Say it. I break this off my children. They will not inherit it. I break it off of my grandchildren, whether I have any yet or not, and it will not pass on to them. Everybody say amen. amen. Let me say, ladies and gentlemen, do not make an altar out of your abuses. Do not worship at that altar. It is full of demons. Praise the Lord. We're going and flowing, and I hope you understand that my goal tonight is to do this very methodically so that no stone is left unturned and that you can be whole. If you can't sense the presence of God, you might need to get saved. Because Jesus is in this room. Is that music from my thing? Yeah, I didn't think so. That, that sounds a little Christmassy. I don't think, that, I don't think that's, uh, that's my music. You didn't have it in, in your thing? Okay, just play my song then over and over because that's a, that's a little bit uh, like an elevator kind of thing, you know. But, but good choice, good choice, just not my flavor. Praise the Lord. You know, hallelujah. Good try. I mean, you didn't have anything for me, so you did the best you could. I appreciate it. So we go to the next thing, ladies and gentlemen. And because of time, I'm not giving you all the verses, but you understand and, and play that kind of low in the background. But, but understand, the, the next thing we have to be healed of is one of the consequences of all these things, and that's sick ideas. A sick idea is a conclusion based on being persuaded by a lie. Something has lied to you, you have believed the lie, and you got a sick idea from believing that lie. For example, I was walking down the highway in, in high school. I was just been saved a couple of weeks. And I saw three figures dressed in white walking towards me. I was walking home after football practice. And the figures had long hair. I couldn't make their faces out, but they kept coming towards me. And so I just kept walking towards them. And I thought, man, is this, are these angels? And, the, the, and then I noticed the one in the middle was a man. And he looked like Jesus. I mean, he had a beard, the whole thing, long hair. And the other two were women. And I said, man, and white, all white. So I got up to them, and they stood there, and I, and I looked at them, and 
I said, no, I don't think you're angels. You kind of smell bad. <laughs> but the girls were like stunningly beautiful. And, you know, he was a typical ugly man. But, but, but they had these uh, lightning bolts on their sleeves. I said, well, who are you? They said, we're Jesus Christ lightnings. I said, well, what does that mean? Well, we believe that you can eat all the weeds of the, all the herbs of the field. And you can even smoke them. And they said, and we believe in free love. I only saved two weeks, but I can interpret what is being told to me. I said, you mean you want some reefers? And the girls will jump with me into the bushes. Do I have it clear? He said, yeah. These two girls will jump in the bushes with me right now. He said, if you have reefers and we'll give them to them, yeah. So I lost the little Christianity that I had. As up to this point, I hadn't been delivered from cussing yet because I hadn't been to church. I didn't know that you didn't cuss. So I was still cussing all the time. And I just let it rip. It was my only language at the time. And so I just let it rip. But I was crying because I was so devastated that two beautiful girls like this could be used like that. And I spoke to them. I said, don't you know that your parents must be broken right now? Don't you know that God would never make you a prostitute to a stranger like me for some dope? And the two girls began to cry. The Holy Spirit came on them. And the guy said, we're leaving. I said, if you leave, I'm going to knock you out. You're not moving. Remember, I haven't been to church yet, so I still got a lot. Of, you know what I'm saying? I, mean, I still got a lot, of, a lot of you know, John Wayne in there. And so, you know what I'm saying? I didn't say it like that, those nice things. But I can't say what I said. You, you guys understand. I said all that. So he was paralyzed, and I said, now, you're going to go home right now. Run, leap. I'll take care of him. And they took off running. I said, you are not. See, there's children. So you are not, I'm going to say, you're not ladies of the night. But I use other words. And then he just stood there, and I said, now, you're going to go to hell. Because you're a wicked man. You're not going to change, I can tell. So I said all the words I shouldn't say, and he left. But two girls got delivered. And they went home to their parents. It's very easy to get a sick idea if God is not the one persuading you of things. Some people think God doesn't heal people. That's a sick idea because it doesn't even make intelligent logic based on who God is. Or you may think God doesn't love you because you did something bad and you actually believe because you did something bad, he can't help you. But that's actually a sick idea. God loves unconditionally. There's nothing bad you can do that will make him not love you. You are 
eternally loved. A sick idea is that because you gain weight, your husband now doesn't like you. If he's that kind of a man, then he just needs a lot of help. Somebody should have told you and him on your wedding day, now you're probably going to gain some weight. <laughs> you won't look like this forever, probably. Some people do. You know, some people are stay skinny. But a lot of us, we don't stay skinny. We gain and lose and gain and lose and several thousand tons. Boom, 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 boom. You know what I'm saying? And you can't say to your wife, oh, you're a little chubby. I don't, I'm not attracted to you. You're, you're going to die in your sleep. You're going to be, you'll be murdered in your sleep if you tell her that. And if your husband ends up with a big belly, I mean, it's between him and God. He's going to have to repent someday. But you can't just say, okay, I'm trading you in. I need a new model. When you get a sick idea, you can think, oh, I can sleep with everybody I want because God says it's okay to have multiple wives. So religions begin from a sick idea, and so do the destructions of homes and families. Oh, I could smoke pot. God doesn't care. Really, he does care. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, I can get drunk. God's not going to. No, actually, he does care. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I can just have one fling. Well, actually, he does care. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. I'm just saying, but he cares. Because sick ideas will and can lead you to places of death. Praise the Lord. I was living in a home when I was a young man. I was already preaching and all that. I was about 19, and there was 21 of us in this house. And we had rescued a young man who was a drug smuggler. He smuggled drugs. And uh, he had a motorcycle. He was called to preach. He had a strong anointing on him and all that. It had been about three years. He had been doing great. Had been off drugs for three years. Never drank it. Nothing. Serving God. Getting people saved. Just really going through the whole restoration program and everything. And one day he got offended at one of uh, the pastors. He got offended. And he cussed him out. And he took off running. And I followed him. I said, don't do this. You're activating your curse. You can't activate that curse. It will not have mercy on you now. He got on his motorcycle and he left. At 2 o'clock in the morning, the police came to our house and said he had run straight into a semi. And he was gone. I've lost many friends through the 50 years, through those kinds of things. A sick idea cannot be tolerated. Put your hands on your head. And say, dear God in heaven, I repent for agreeing with any sick idea that opposes the word of God, the ways of God, and what I know God to be like. God is love, God is holy, and God is truth. I receive that, God, and I throw down out of my mind every sick idea that tells me God will not deliver me, God will not heal me, God will not bless me, 
or that God does not love me. I renounce all of that because he does not love me based on what I do. He loves me based on what he did. In Jesus' name, I receive the mind of Christ to think on the word of God, to think like Jesus, and to have the thoughts and mind of God. Look at somebody and say, think like Jesus. Be careful what voices you're listening to because they're going to convince you to make a conclusion. When you are not well inside, the fruit of that is nightmares. Nightmares are something you have to be healed from. It is not God's will to have nightmares. I had them from the age of about seven. I watched a movie called The Fly. This movie in black and white was so terrifying to me that it actually, I had it as a dream almost every night. Right up to the day I got saved. And when I met Jesus under that tree, reading that Bible, and the love came on me, and I got delivered, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, I have not had a nightmare since that day. Because when God heals your mind, he puts immunity on it, and nothing can pierce it again. I will never have a nightmare. That curse has been broken over me. I do not meditate on darkness. I do not listen to darkness. I do not read it. I do not hear it. I do not watch it because I am not going to be reactivating something that God has delivered me from to allow me to sleep in the hands of God every night. It's time to get rid of your nightmares. They are not from God. They are satanic prophecies they are God, Satan's will for you. He is telling you what he wants to do. He is telling you what he wants to be. And he's telling you what your future is going to be. And you and I have to stand up against that because it is a curse and it is also a demon. If you have nightmares and you can be honest, I want you to stand and we're going to get rid of these right now for the rest of your life. We're just going to believe God that those nightmares will stop coming. Now that's about half the people that should be standing. So I'm going to give the rest of you a chance to obey the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. A nightmare is, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means that some demonic thing has attached itself to your life because you've had experiences that were very bad. Or you've been involved in the occult, reading your horoscope, going to a fortune teller. This will all activate demonic activity. One of the ways you know that you have demonic activity in your house is that you have nightmares, you have anxiety attacks, and there's a general atmosphere of sadness, gloom, and division in the home. None of that is supposed to be the experience of a Christian. Our homes are places of light and places of joy. Our sleep are places of revelation and truth. Songs of deliverance in the night 
and the sweet healing voice of God speaking to you and giving you dreams for other people. Praise the Lord. Now I know there's more people, but I'm not going to press you on it because I've learned through the years it doesn't do good, any good to force a person to face the truth because you won't get free. Only people that are hungry for a particular truth can embrace it. So I want you to put your hands on your head. And the rest of you stretch your hands out to the people that are standing up. Nightmares are a curse, and therefore, through the name of Jesus, I break that curse and shatter that curse forever and ever and ever. I destroy that curse by the name of Jesus, by the power of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus. We now apply the blood of Jesus to your night, to your sleep, and to your house. We cleanse your house of all violent movies and all movies with sexual themes or perverted behavior, anything with sexual assaults, murdering, anything that is grotesque and violence, we command that that be driven out of your family and your home and by no means allow your children to come under that anointing of Satan in their lives by reading books of terror and horror and any of that. Repent if you have done anything with the occult. Repent right now. Anything with magic, black magic, or any of those kinds of things, I simply break all that off your family and off your home, and we clean your house by applying the blood of Jesus to your house that you will not have nightmares of any kind, that the Word of God will be the thing you read before you go to sleep, and you will wake up singing and praising God tomorrow morning, and from this day forward, your home shall not be gloomy and dark, a place of sadness, quietness, but it will become a house of laughter and a house of joy and a house of mighty praises. Praise God. Let's all give the Lord a big hand. Say, God Almighty, thank you, Lord, for your power and your anointing. We deliver your home from that. We are now going to pray over all forms of addiction because addiction is a very powerful thing that comes into people's lives and robs their relationship with God. There are, according to the research we've done, over 70% of men, Christian men, are addicted to pornography. Over 70%. And over 43% of women, Christian women, are addicted to pornography. I do purity conferences, and sometimes we have had as many as four or 500 people come forward that have been addicted to pornography and that have had addictions to different things. Now, because I know that I'm not going to get very many of you to admit certain things, we're not even going to go there, but I'm going to pray over the addictions. One addiction that is very dangerous is the addiction to methamphetamines or to the later drugs that are now coming out. Some of you will die if you do not get delivered. You will never be able to serve God and you'll never fulfill your destiny as God cannot anoint people that are on drugs. He loves you, but he cannot use you. He cannot anoint you for any length of time. Because the drugs are an idol, and they are actually a replacement savior. 
you are actually using them where you should be using Jesus. So one thing, that if you want to get delivered of any kind of addiction, this requires ruthless self-honesty. And if you can do that, then God will set you free. I want you to close your eyes and simply pray. An addiction is an invasion of something from Satan. And there are many kinds of addictions. There's drug addictions, sexual addictions, food addictions. There are many kinds. The question is, do you want to be free? That is the question. Because here we are in church, and we're asking God to deliver us right now from addictions. Some people are addicted for 20, 30, and even 40 years. I was preaching at a very large church, and I'd been going there for several years. And the pastor calls me one day and said, hey, I'm, I got arrested. I've been selling drugs. And I thought it was a, a joke of some sort. He said, no, for real, they caught me. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to fly down then and help you out. And that was a long journey. It's a long journey for that man and his family. It's a, it's a very terrible thing. It can get in anybody. But it wants to get in your children. And all they have to see is you be addicted to something. And you can pass on that addictive behavior. Let's cut it off now. Let's sever it now. Every eye is closed for a moment. If you have an addiction and you say, I need deliverance from this, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand right now so that I can see. And I, I consider what is, I'm seeing right now is a very honoring thing to God. It's very honoring. Very honoring. How many of you are lifting your hands? It's very honoring to God. He, he really will help you. If you have the courage to stand up, I want you to do that. I want you to stand up if you have the courage, and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to ask God to deliver you right now. We're not going to ask you what it is. And that's nobody's business but yours and God's. But we're going to pray for you to get delivered. Praise the Lord. I need every person that is sitting down that is not addicted to anything. Because remember, you can be addicted to lying. And so you never admit anything. And you keep what you hide. This night, I told you it was a very intrusive night. Because we cannot heal. God cannot heal people that are in hiding something. So here we are tonight. All of you that are fighting an addiction are about to get delivered by God. If you're sitting down, you must become my helpers now. And, and stretch your hands out to those that are standing. Pick one person and just stretch your hands out. And those of you that are standing, let me first of all commend you for your honesty and for your hunger for God. Because truly, this is what it takes to become whole. What your addiction is, is between you and God. Nobody needs to know that.
but I'm going to pray for you now. And I'm going to pray a deliverance prayer. And that healing is going to hit you. And that deliverance is going to break those chains. And you will have power tomorrow that you did not have today. Whatever it is. If it's drugs, you need to repent. If it's pornography, you need to repent. If it's anything like that, you just need to repent. Whatever it is, you need to just repent to God. And then I'm going to ask God to do something found in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 6, and that is to circumcise your heart and take from it the ability to have an idol in your heart. Now cry out to God as you're standing there. Lift up your voice to God and cry out as I pray for you. Cry out that God will deliver you. Call upon the Lord that he will deliver you. God, as the people are standing up, crying out to you as they did in the Bible, and they lifted up their voices, and they lifted up their hands, and they cried out to you, God, and the people began to be delivered of all types of addictions to all types of wicked things, God. I now command the addiction of pornography to be broken over people. I now command, God, the addiction in the name of Jesus to any kind of drug, to be broken over people, the addiction, God, to any kind of food, the addiction, God, to any kind of behavior, any kind of perverted or unclean behavior. I now break that, God, the addiction to gossip, the addiction to uh, other things, God, that people know they shouldn't be addicted to, even prescription drugs. We just break you. We break that chain, that connection in the power of Jesus and by the authority of Jesus. We now ask the Holy Spirit to come near you and stand by you right now, that that addiction will be broken and you will be freed from it right now in the authority and name and power of Jesus Christ, and that you will say, oh God, he has set me free. God has broken that off of me. God has delivered me, and I will not be the same person. Let's say it together, I will not be the same person. I will be delivered tonight. Say it out loud, I will have my chains broken. Say that, I will have my chains broken. Say that, I will have my chains broken. Say that, I will have my chains broken. God is delivering me right now. I am going to be free. I'm going to live free. I'm going to act free. I will be delivered by the blood of the lamb and by the authority of the name of Jesus. I will walk in his power and I will walk in his joy and I will walk in his spirit and I will not be enslaved to anything. Only God. I will only be the slave of God. Say it out loud. I will only be the slave of God. No other master shall rule over me. No other tyrant shall dominate my life. I give myself to Jesus right now, and we pray that the presence of the Lord will be with you, and he will deliver you, and you will know that the chains have been broken for the rest of your life. Now we need to take a praise break and just start praising God a little bit. Come on. Come on. Let's praise God a little bit. Let's give God some praise right now. Let's lift up our voice. Let's magnify God. Let's give him glory and honor and praise. Oh, how mighty God is. What a deliverer the Lord is. What a mighty God. What an amazing God. What a beautiful Savior. Oh, Jesus, Lamb of God.
Glorious Lord, mighty God of heaven, great Lamb of God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, praise you, God. I love you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Lift up that name, everybody. Praise God. I want you to imagine that you've died and gone to heaven. And all your relatives are there waiting for you. <coughs> and all they do when they see you is start shouting because you made it to heaven. And they are just shouting and shouting. And your children, your children that you may have lost in miscarriages. Uh, are maybe they haven't even grown up. Maybe they're just waiting for you to get there so you can raise them. That, that would be like Jesus. That would be like Jesus, just to wait. It's not that long. That would be like God. We're just praying for those miscarriages right now. We're praying for those of you that have lost children. That you're healed right now. God can touch that right now. Those of you that have lost a child. You've lost a parent, a brother or a sister, someone you loved, you, you lost them. And you can't verbalize those feelings. Only God can understand what you're feeling. So we stretch our hands out to you tonight. Holy Spirit, come now. Come now, Holy Spirit. Touch all those that have lost someone dear to them. A grandchild. A parent. May the healing hand of God go to those places. and Take the grief off you. If your grief period has been too long, too many years. I know a woman that her son died in a car wreck and she slept in her room for the next 20 something years. Slept in his room. Never moved a thing. Don't let that happen. We stretch our hands out to you. Any of you that can't have children, we now pray that you'll be able to have children if you want them. We pray for that miracle. We've had almost 400 women be healed and have children. We pray for you to receive that miracle if you are one of those people. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Lift your hands up. Let the Lord heal you of your father. 
get healed right now of your father if you need that. Don't be hard. Let God touch that now and heal it. I believe lies about my father for so many years, and I hated him. I was filled with hate, only to find out 30 years later that nothing I believed had happened, and it wasn't true. Even a lie can become your reality. If your father has damaged you, I pray for you to have that wound healed. If your mother has damaged you, I pray for that wound to be healed. If your father left you and you ended up having to live in some home or with strangers, I pray that you'll be healed of that right now. I pray that God will go deep into that part of you where you say, I don't understand why my father had to leave. I I don't understand why my mother left and left me in the hands of people that damaged me. You see, ladies and gentlemen, church is not a place that is safe for religion. It is only a home. It is a hospital. It is a place where God touches our lives and we become whole. Forgive your father. Forgive your mother. For whatever they did, let them go. I need you to close your eyes now, everybody. I am not going to pray for those of you that have been Sexually assaulted. This is not going to go away by itself. It damages you. It exposes you to a dark and unclean demonic world. You know who you are. And I'm going to pray for you now. May the hand of Almighty God heal you of that assault. The Bible says that you become one with that person, even if it's by force. But I believe I have the power and authority to separate you from that oneness. So that's what I do now. I separate you from anyone who assaulted you. I do these to the orphans. I'm going to do it to you. I separate you from the assault of that person or those people. I separate you so that you are healed from that. That you will be healed now of your memory. That even your memories will be healed of what happened to you. That the Holy Spirit will heal that memory. And take the terror, anger, rage, and fear out of you. That covering it up and hiding in a closet does not make it better. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, I now sever you from the demonic activity that entered your life and gave you desires and urges that were not yours. And I loose you from that. 
I loose you from that. And I now pray for your soul to be healed from that wound. In the name of Jesus, Lord. All the people that are being healed right now, God. You may think, wow, what is happening? You know, this is the healing presence of God. People are, this is, this is going to places that we had to go. This is not the way that religion does it, but this is what we have to do in church, is we have to believe God for miracles, miracles of wholeness. I got delivered for weeks, didn't even know it was happening. Praise the Lord. Be seated for a moment and sit there in the presence of God. I'm going to end with this. As I could keep going from, from hours, honestly. But, ladies and gentlemen, your future is as bright as you're willing to let it be. You can be as powerful as you're willing to be. Not soulish, but powerful in the spirit. Not soulish. Many people appear powerful, but they're soulish. It's just their soul. They could do it in a bar. We're talking about spiritual power, where it's not your soul. It's the power of Jesus doing things. That's what we want. Praise the Lord. We now must pray our last prayer for the healing of families and the healing of marriages. Now, all I can tell you that if you have a bad marriage, you can't have a bad marriage with two selfless people. Selfishness is what destroys a relationship. If you serve each other without needing to be served, you'll be doing your part. Wash your husband's feet. Wash your wife's feet. Don't demand anything. And watch what happens. Be whole and don't try to get wholeness from an imperfect person. I want you to hold hands if you're a family with your children, everybody. If you have your whole family, just your whole family. Maybe you, you want to pray over, bring that prayer into your grandchildren if you have them and say, oh God, I, we need our grandchildren to serve God and love God. Bring them in. Bring them in. Praise the Lord. And let's just lift up everybody right now. I pray for your marriages today that Satan will not win, that he will be defeated. I pray that a, a spirit of divinity will enter your marriage, that it will no longer be natural and soulish like two unsaved people would have. That you'll be able to look at your marriage and say, Jesus is in our relationship. He's everywhere in the way we talk to each other, the way we treat each other, the way we pray for each other, the way we decide, the way we make decisions, how we behave when we're hurt, offended, and angry. Jesus is everywhere. That's what you want to say. So I drive out all curses over your marriages and break them forever. Slaughter everything you inherited from failing marriages in your genetics and in your generation and gene pool. 
And now we pray for the healing of all your families. Let's call them back right now. Let's call your children back. If you have a child that is not serving God or a grandchild, stand up and let's call them back home right now. Lift them up in your hands like that and hold them up. You know who they are. Now let's call them home. Dear Lord, we call home all the children that are strays, all the children that are prodigals. We call them all back home to the house of God. We call them back to Jesus. We say, Lord, save them, deliver them, set them free, and bless them forever and ever and ever. Let it happen before December. Let it happen before December, God. Let it happen. For many of you, let it happen before December. Let, get a phone call like I got. Let God bring you a miracle. Praise the Lord. I remember this so clearly. Just stand there and receive what I'm saying. We're just, we're just calling your children back right now. We're just calling them all back. We're just calling them all back. Just receive them back right now. Receive them back. Lord, we just receive all our children and all our grandchildren. May people start getting phone calls from their children and grandchildren. Say, look, I just need to come back to God. I just want to get back to Jesus. This is no place for me. This is not the way I want to live. I'm so unhappy. Welcome them with op open arms and don't preach to them or tell them I told you so. Just love them without any, any lectures of any kind. Let them come home. Let them come home. Praise the Lord. Now tell all of the people that are standing, your children are coming home. Tell them, your children are coming home. Your children are coming home. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for that. Say, your children, your children, your children are coming home. Your grandchildren are coming home. They're going to come 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 home to God. They're going to come home to Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Praise his name. Give somebody a high five and say, wow, you look so much lighter than you did before. Tell that person, you're about 100 pounds lighter from burdens and troubles and things. I want to say two more things to you before I turn it over to the pastor. I want to say two things. These here... Uh, those of you that want to help me rescue children in Africa and also in Guatemala, um, you'll keep that card, and then the second one, you'll fill that out, and then you want to turn that in back wherever my book table is, and I'll be sitting there, uh, and if you need to ask me questions, I'll be there, but don't take these home with you unless you're going to bring them back and do them. Don't just take them like to to keep them or something because it's all the cards I have. And if anybody wants to do it, I want to make sure I have cards. I think they handed out a lot of cards. But um, so if you could do that, that, that would be great. The final thing is I know pastor is going to receive an offering for our ministry and all that. And I'll tell you, the Lord has really blessed us 
Last year was the best year we ever had. This year, halfway through, was better than last year. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm just at all. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? And I have not stopped preaching. I only missed four weeks, and then I got back on the road. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm not just saying. I have enough crazy friends that just didn't close. <laughs> I, I do want to say that when you give in your offering, uh, you're buying food. So one dollar buys one meal. That's how it works. And so, you know, we need, I think, 7,000 more meals this year, whatever. But do whatever or do nothing, whatever. God will take care of us. But if you want to be a part, we appreciate it. And I know the pastor does. It's obvious. And thank you, guys. You don't want to miss tomorrow night. It's how to walk in your power. And then we're going to do a prophetic night. So we're going to be ministering to a lot of people like we did to a few people tonight. And uh, we'll get lots and lots and lots and lots of you. I promise. God has something to say to you. And your life truly matters. Unless you have something better to do tomorrow. It might be a good place to spend the evening. I think. We sure have a lot of makeup running all over the place tonight. Praise the Lord. Anyway, hey, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for being so great. Pastor. Hey, all I want to say is, uh, again, if you've been blessed tonight and you're able to bless, uh, if you're writing a check, make it out to Livingstones. We put it all together, and we'll send him off and bless Ivan. Uh, but thank you guys for coming out tonight. Thank you for your hunger for God. And how many of you know we're, what we're really after is just a move of the Holy Spirit that continues going and going and going. And uh, so, Lord, thank you. Can we just honor the Lord tonight? Thank you, Lord, for all that you did to touch so many hearts. God, thank you that we're medicine for a world that's sick and broken. And so, Jesus, even as we leave here tonight, we just want to love people well. Thank you for the freedom that we have. We're going to leave free tonight and happy tonight and lighthearted tonight. And, Lord, help us to stay there and to live there. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Have a great night. We see you hopefully tomorrow night.